As you prepare for retirement, you'll be faced with many important choices. We want you to make the right ones. Welcome to Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. Charles is an accredited investment fiduciary. He's well-equipped to help you make sound financial decisions. We want you to experience a meaningful retirement. On our podcast, we believe financial choices matter. Well, thank you very much for joining us for the first edition of Financial Choices Matter. This show will aim to help you better understand the financial landscape. And for that, we'll turn each and every week to Charles Scott, fiduciary advisor at Peloton Capital Management, serving you throughout the Scottsdale area. You can find us online at pelotoncapital.com. Charles, thanks for joining us not only this week, but excited to start the podcast with you. Are you all, you all pumped up? You got your, your energy levels high and ready to go today? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just hoping, Walter, that I don't have a dry mouth. So, uh, <laughs> you know, little, little anxious, little nervous, but that's fine. That makes for a better game. Every so. uh, broadcaster's worst dream is is dry mouth. No doubt about it. No <laughs> doubt. So, gotta have. Uh, here's a tip: don't keep Gatorade nearby. You might think that that would, you know, be a thirst quencher, but that'll actually dry your throat out and make it all scratchy. So, a little insider tip for you there. Ooh, okay. Hot teas are, uh, you know, usually where it's at, a little bit of honey in there, and we'll be in good shape going forward. So we'll share more helpful tidbits as we go through each of these podcasts. What we're going to do on today's podcast, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to get a great story from Charles about somebody who got ripped off. We'll get to that in a second. Then we're also going to talk about inflation. It's one of the main concerns of somebody preparing for retirement. If you're ever thinking about putting together a retirement plan, you've got to think long-term, of course, because we're staying retired longer and longer these days. So what effect does inflation have on our financial plans? Is it truly the silent killer of retirement? We're going to talk about that later on in today's show as well. But every once in a while, I'm going to ask Charles to tell us a story. We call it story time. And on this edition, I'm curious, Charles, if you can tell us about a time when you looked at somebody's portfolio and determined that they were basically, you know, they're just getting ripped off with their current investments. Tell us about what happened. What'd you find? How'd you tell the client? And what was their reaction to something like that? And, you know, what were the options to solve the problem? Take us all the way through with what ended up happening. I'm going to pick on something specific, but I guess that's the whole essence of what the story about getting ripped off was. And that was some clients came to us. They were new clients, an older couple. They were both retired. They they owned a variable annuity, and I was going to say they bought it, but they got sold it. And there's a big difference. And the thing that bothered me the most, while it wasn't, I mean, it was a well-known insurance company, and it wasn't in reality awful. But at the same time, they had no idea how expensive it was. And these are the things that get buried inside almost every variable annuity that's out there that's sold on a commissionable basis. And I'm not picking on that necessarily. I'm just sort of stating the facts that exist. So we broke apart the annuity for them and looked at the internal costs of it. And there are mortality and and expense costs, there's administrative fees, there's the investment management fees that are in it. And by the time you added it all up, you looked at it from the point of view and said, okay, this is costing them internally more than 4% a year. And that's a drag, obviously, on their investment returns. Some fees inside are appropriate because it costs the insurance company and the money managers. They have to do their job. They have to get paid. But that was, in our opinion, an excessive, excessive fee. And the clients agreed. So, and they had no idea because you've got to read through the details. You've got to read the prospectus. You've got to pick it apart and find out. If you have a hunch 
going in, when you look at what somebody owns, you're going to say, okay, I've seen this kind of thing before, so we're going to go dig down in the weeds and find out exactly how much this is really costing them because they truly don't know. They mm. got the prospectus in the beginning, so the legal disclosure was given to them. The fact that they don't read it or understand it is just sort of the nature of the beast. So in, in looking at this, they also had some surrender charges if you wanted to make a switch into something else. And so what we did was just work out for them and making sure that they were comfortable all the way through this. You know, First of all, it's going to cost you 4% a year. And so let's just say in a reasonable alternative to this, that fee would be 1%. And so if you've, you're just you're paying 3% extra every year. So that's a cost you're going to get every single year. It's going to drag down your performance. And so when you add that to the idea of a surrender charge, we just sort of did a break-even analysis. At some point in time, you're better off to take the surrender charge and get out of this thing and eliminate that 3% extra that you were going to be paying every year. And it was a couple of years down the road. So we just, you know, we said, I wouldn't recommend changing it now. It's too expensive still. Let's go through this. The investment choices inside the variable annuity were fine, but the costs of it just, you know, it really bothered them. So we waited the time frame. We, you know, we waited it out. And as it got to the end of time, when that break-even point, it's less expensive now to get out of it, pay a little bit of a surrender charge, and not have that concern going forward and that cost going forward. And so we just waited. And that was the right thing to do for the client. That's the way we try to approach this whole thing. They bought it for the reasons of a writer that was on there and it was going to give them income in the future. And when you, we looked at their whole financial picture, they didn't need the income. But that was the thing that the person that sold it to them heard was, I want to have this for income later. And they didn't dig deep enough to find out that they had more than enough money and, and enough guaranteed income for the rest of their life that they really didn't need this particular product to solve that income problem. So I didn't say that they got ripped off. We just said, they, you know, let's explain to you the cost of this and we can find a much less expensive alternative that'll do much of the same thing that this does, except not be nearly as expensive. Yeah. So, you know, you didn't have to well, say no, they, they were ripped off, but I'm, but I'm guessing that that was probably maybe some internal feelings that they were having at the moment when you started kind of peeling back all the layers of this thing. Well, they got real uncomfortable. They got real mm. squirmy. And it was like, how oh, did we know this? Did they tell us this? I said, you know, they disclosed what they had to disclose. Mm. And it doesn't mean that they have to disclose absolutely everything. And they gave you the, the, the prospectus, the documents that they have to give you because this was in a securities transactionable, commissionable process. We're a fee-based advisor and we don't do commissionable things uh, unless it might be some specific insurance things. But in this context, this, yeah, they just thought, oh, well, and as we went through and developed this relationship with them, they found there were multiple other times when they had been sold something that they didn't fully understand and it wasn't it wasn't the whole story, if you will. Just the costs and the fees and the commissions and everything else were adding up to be quite a bit for them. So sadly, that happens. And I think the people that did it in the first place, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they probably had the best intentions, but they didn't pay enough attention to what the clients really needed and really wanted and really had to have as a solution to their problems. So it walks in the door all the time. It's a challenge in this industry. It's People don't know what they don't know, and therefore they, in some respects, get taken advantage of. That was going to be one of my uh, one of my follow ups to that story, Charles. Is the fact that you have people who 
you know, is, is this a common situation that people find themselves in? Is this one of those stories that's just really unique? There's only one example of it? Or are people walking into your office with, you know, it, maybe it doesn't have to be a variable annuity, but maybe where they were sold a particular product that doesn't necessarily fit in with their overall strategy. Is that a common problem? Oh, it's an absolutely common problem. Now, we're not saying that the way we look at someone's financial life and and the things that they need to help solve their problems and create the kind of lifestyle they want, our way is not the only good way, but there are lots of, you know, and there are lots of other ways to approach this. But there is, in my opinion, some absolutely wrong ways to do it. And we see it all the time. And sadly, in some respects, it's the way the financial services world works. There have been times in the past where somebody would walk in, show me a portfolio that they had, and I would just look at what they owned and I, and without knowing where, if it was a major brokerage firm, not knowing exactly which one it was, but I could tell them what it was because the portfolios all look the same from that company. And that's one of the challenges of, of this. You know, We try to personalize the plan that we create for folks so that it fits their needs. And people are very similar, but nobody's. we've never had a client that's exactly the same as another client. So, you know, and to be perfectly honest, and I was a broker once upon a time, so I did the commission side of things. But sometimes that is so driven, that's what drives that whole process to such a degree that the people's needs get lost. What's best for them certainly gets lost in the process. Yeah, I think it's a great point, Charles. And it's a good story to, I think, remind us that sometimes it's not about what product is in your portfolio, but how those products are achieving the overall strategy or the overall mission. And that story is a, a good example of that. It also serves as a nice segue into our main topic of the day. I mentioned it off the top as being inflation. Your particular example there, if we do a little bit of a double take back to it, was about somebody paying like 4% in fees. Well, when you start thinking about inflation and what kind of percentage that might look like over the course of somebody's retirement, that makes you start scratching your head. It's almost like you're going to be experiencing double inflation if you're paying those kinds of fees and still exposed to the actual inflation that's happening out there in the economy. I kind of relate inflation to losing weight. If you've ever tried to do that at some point in your life, you know, it's a little frustrating because, you know, you might uh, not notice at first that you've put on weight, Charles. It, it can sneak up on you a little bit. Even people who see you every day may not notice it for a while because it's just a very subtle change every single day. But then after a while, all of a sudden, you, you catch yourself in the right light and you go, whoa, I need to lose a few pounds. Uh, something has happened here. The same thing happens when it comes to inflation. It's not like tomorrow, all of a sudden, your buying power is only going to be a third of what it was today. But over the course of a couple of years, these long-term increases start to have a big impact. So my question to you is, knowing what we know about inflation, having been exposed to it in this financial world for so long, let's talk about the average investor, the average saver. How much have they given thought to this issue when it comes to their retirement plans? They don't. They know the concept exists, and they don't factor it into the things that they need to be planning for the future for. It just creeps up on you. It's innocuous. It's... It just happens all the time, I mean, especially when we are working with older clients. I will always ask them, so did you pay more for your last car than you did your first house? And they go, oh, yeah, that's right. It was. You know, That's just how much the cost of living has increased over time. If you do some, some basic, very simplified financial planning math, and it's the rule of 72. The rule of 72 says it's how long does it take at a given interest rate for your money to double or for your money to 
be cut in half, which is what inflation will do. So if you had 3% inflation, for example, so you divide three, the number three into 72, and you get 24. It takes, in 24 years, inflation will make everything cost twice as much as it does today. If it's 4% inflation, that's 18 years. So if you're retiring and you're probably got a life expectancy of at least 18 or 20 or 24 years, stuff's going to cost more. It just flat out does. And you have to be able to build something like that in. If you've got a pension, for example, that you're getting a fixed amount for the rest of your life from the company that you work for, then that's great, but it's not adjusted for inflation. So you're going to buy less and less goods and services with that over that period of time. And you have to be able to grow some of those potential retirement dollars to sort of keep up with inflation. The best example that I heard when I got into the business years and years and years ago, and it's certainly carried on, is just this everyday event of something costing more. And let's use a postage stamp as the perfect example. You mail a letter today. Is it any different from when you mailed a letter 20 years ago or 30 years ago? No difference. You lick it, you stick it on there and put it in the mail. And the letter gets to where it's supposed to go. Yep. That's all that most, does. Most That's, of the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, theoretically. And since the U.S. Postal Service delivers billions of things a day, they actually do a pretty good job. Yeah. So the, the stamp today costs 50 cents. And you go back 10 years to 2008, it cost 42 cents. You go back 10 more years to 1998, it cost 32 cents. And in 1978, so you know, 40 years ago, it was only 22 cents. So it was 22 cents 40 years ago. It's 50 cents today. And it doesn't do anything different than it ever did. It delivers a letter to its addressed destination. That's inflation. That's the thing that gets you every single day. It just creeps up on you. It is when you don't adjust for it and you don't think about it, it'll just eat you alive. It really does. It's the silent killer. The What you said in the beginning is really true. So it's being way too heavy, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're both a little bit, right? In just in different ways. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're going to get you just differently. Well, let, let me jump so, in so, here, Charles, if I can, and, and just kind of poke you a little bit and say you, you threw out a couple of numbers of well, if it's 3%, then this is what's going to happen. If it's 4%, then this is the impact of that. Well, if it's only 1%, I've seen a financial advisor before only assume 1% inflation, and it makes the retirement plan look awfully darn good if we're only anticipating a 1% increase in essentially the cost of living. Where is the right answer on that spectrum? When you're putting together a plan, what do you assume for inflation? Because I imagine it's going to dictate a lot of the decisions that you have in the plan. Two answers to the question. One, we're going to pick somewhere between 3 and 4%. And I'm going to probably run it at 3 and run it at 4 and say, okay, here's the difference. I think that's a reasonable expectation. The challenge is when you have just a number and you're hanging your hat on that singular number, then what you do is you get stuck on that answer. You lock in on that answer. And that's what you think it always has to be. And it doesn't because it's going to change. Everything changes. People's lives change. Things change. Things cost more. Some things cost less sometimes. I just think you have to have a, a range of expectations. And just because it happened in the past this way doesn't mean it's going to be that way in the future. And you don't have to make this overly complicated. The other thing that we always want to do with folks is make sure that they don't just, if we're going to create a financial plan for somebody, what we really want to try to explain to them, and this is financial planning. It's got an ING on the end of it. It's, it's a verb. It requires action. It requires constant updating because you can't just set it and forget it because stuff changes. 
And it's the same thing with inflation. I'm going to stick with between three and 4%. And we don't know, but if that changes in the future going up, then you have to adjust things again for those folks that have made that assumption of if it was three, one or two is just not enough. And it isn't what the government always reports. And I'm not an expert on government accounting and the way they report all their stuff. But we all know in our real life, it always costs more than what the government says it's supposed to, Mm -hmm. because it does. That's real life inflation. Yep. Great points. Are there going to be particular investments or strategies, Charles, maybe not the variable annuity from earlier in the podcast that you were talking about with, you know, 4% charges of its own thrown on top of what we're trying to combat when it comes to inflation. Are there investments you kind of reach into that you turn to as sort of your your weapon, for lack of a better term, to kind of combat this silent killer? You've got to grow ahead. You've just got to grow dollars. You've got to grow the investments. That's stocks, typically. You've got to diversify those, but you you know you stocks are ownership in things that are going to grow. That's going to grow your value, your wealth going forward. Bonds, fixed income are are not ownership. They're you're lending. That's a whole nother story for another podcast. But you've got to have growth equity stock investments. That's going to try and and do a good job of keeping up with inflation. It always has. It always will. That's that's the way. It has to work. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, too. Well, you started the podcast off telling us about a story. What about ending one with a story, Charles? Any particular time you can remember where, you know, somebody had this big inflation risk in their retirement or financial plan and how you designed a a plan for them to kind of uh, address that issue? I'll be honest with you. I don't know that I have a real simple story. I think one of the things that people don't think about when it comes to retirement planning is just how much healthcare costs are going to increase, how much you're going to be out of pocket for healthcare costs. It's inflating way faster than the general rate of inflation. And that's, we can go into much more detail on it at some time in the future, but that's something to, to factor in is that it's healthcare. It's we're living longer. It's going to cost more. That's the classic definition of what inflation will do. Yeah, big takeaway. There's just not some one magic bullet you're going to create to just address this one particular problem, but it can get handled by putting together an, an overall solid financial plan. Charles, if someone, I know we have uh, listeners to the podcast that are current clients of yours, and if that's the case, hey, we'll see you next week. Uh, tune into the next episode. You're, you're good to go this week. But if it's somebody who's hearing this podcast today, Charles, and they haven't met with you before, they've never met with any financial advisors, potentially, at least not had an in-depth discussion about their retirement future or about their financial plans, tell us a little bit about how the process should work what it's like to come in, talk to you, and address these things like inflation. Or maybe I do think I got ripped off on an investment that I got into years ago, and I don't know what to do about it. How do you kind of go through the discovery process and, and build the relationship to you know analyze these things? Well, we've always told folks when they come in, we're going to tell you what you need to know, which may not be what you want to hear. And if they can live with that fundamental premise, then we're going to ask a lot of questions because we're not going to know what the answer is if we haven't done the examination and the diagnosis before we ever prescribe an outcome, a plan. So it's just, you think of it in terms of going to the doctor. They're going to ask you a ton of questions. You're going to fill out a bunch of forms. We're not going to draw blood, so don't have to worry about that. But sometimes people feel like that's happened. And then from that, you begin to craft with them, in conjunction with them, the plan that makes sense for them. So it's just getting to know each other. It's talking, it's asking questions. It's what you see is what you get if you come in to see us because it's just this is the way we do it and we're really comfortable with it and it makes sense for folks. And it's just, you know, going through and seeing 
What have you got? What do you want to try to accomplish? And we'll be honest enough to tell you that if it's not going to work, you need to know that it's not going to work and why it's not going to work. And maybe some of the things that you could do to minimize that, you know, future potential financial shortfall. But you got to be honest and let them know what the real truth is. And again, we're going to tell you what you need to know, which may not be what you want to hear. That's the only way I know how to do it. So yeah. Do you want to hear what you want to hear or do you want the truth is what it comes down to. And we should all be checking the box for wanting the truth about our situation. So if you want to get in touch with Charles Scott, even if it's just to ask a simple question about your financial plan or even to see if it's worthwhile for you to come in, say hello and, and have that conversation about your finances, we really enjoy getting the opportunity to answer your questions. You can do that online by going to pelotoncapital.com. That may be where you're listening to the podcast today. And that's great. PelotonCapital.com. There's ways to get in touch with us through the website, or you can do the old school way, pick up the phone and call Charles and the team, 480-513-1830 is the number. That's 480-513-1830. Charles, thanks for the guidance on today's show. We much appreciate it, and we'll look forward to talking to you on the next one. Thank you, Walter. Looking forward to it, too. Thanks. Absolutely. That's Charles Scott, fiduciary advisor at Peloton Capital Management in Scottsdale. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Charles, I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time on Financial Choices Matter. Financial planning and investment advisory services are provided by Peloton Capital Management Limited, a state-registered investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No one should assume the information presented here serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized individual advice provided by Peloton Capital Management. For more information, visit www.pelotoncapital.com.